Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. That way I don't tie your... Oh, we all in now? Yeah, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Nita going to hang up from the three-way call so that uh, you can yeah. free up one of your lines for uh, calls, another caller to come in on your Because I'm echoing. Okay, okay so you want me to hang up and call the number that you guys gave me? Yeah, yeah just they're going to come back in. up your line okay yeah brother okay. Okay. If, if, if they able to call in on their own let them do it because it's, it's on yeah i'll do that now okay guys okay okay Am I still echoing? Yeah, Where Brother Duncan, get me off your line. Get you off your line. And you hang up because I don't think he know how to do that. Let me see. Uh, I'm going to hang you up like Brother Duncan. Hello, Dad. I'm still here. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. So it's, uh, yeah. it's uh, the sign you're in? Hello? Yeah. Okay, is this Latanya? No. Latanya, is she in now? Oh. There might be someone else. But uh, look out for the look out for the messages. Yeah. She's going to tell you the number that's coming in. Yeah, that's a, that's a number that's 39692. That's 773 number. That ain't no number. I think that's another caller. Hello. Welcome to the... Hey, it's... Welcome to the... Okay, I see your number. I see you. Brother Duncan, I don't know. He must have muted himself. I was trying to talk to him. I don't... No. I don't... No, I'm not muted now. No, I'm not muted. Somebody else trying to call in. Hello? Can y'all hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. If y'all can hear me, hold on. I'm finna go out and come back in. Don't hang up. Okay. We can hear you. That must be hardest three nine six number. Let me see. Rainbow sure. Okay, can y'all hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So now we all on the yeah. Now we all on the phone. Everybody clear. It's no uh, echo. All right. 
It is 654. So whatever y'all want to do, however y'all want to support my show before time, go. Now is the best time to do it. Because at 7 o'clock, it's going to automatically kick on. The show is going to automatically kick on. And then you're going to hear it say, you're now being recorded. So anything y'all anything y'all want to, like, you know, do now, like. So your number is 773-396, right? Mine? Yeah. No, my number is 708-674. Uh, somebody is 773-396. Keep coming yeah. in. Line. Yeah, hello. Is this Duncan? Oh, uh, yeah, this is Duncan. Hi, Duncan. This is George of the Benefits Office here in Cook County. Getting back to you about the life insurance request you sent in a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I'm on a business. I'm on a business call. You have to call back later. I'm on a business call. Okay. All right. No problem. Okay. Well, Dad, that was somebody who called your phone and you merged them in through your phone. You sure did. Yep, you merged them in. That was the. <laughs> they yeah, all looked bad. Either way you want to do it. 
Either okay. way. Cause I'm uh, like I said, I'm finna, I'm about, I'm gonna be with my family, cause I gotta take care of some family business right quick. So I'm gonna be with my family, but I will, I am on the on the line with you guys. So yeah, I'm here. I'm just like in the back. No problem. I'm just like way in the background, but I'm here. <sighs> so y'all got two minutes. You're going to hear it say recording started. So get ready. You got what? You got your, uh, your, your, your station break? Your station announcement? Oh, you're going to mess with this. I had too much trouble with this. Wait till, wait till it's over with. You got your station uh, stuff that you say, up. Brother Duncan? Uh. I say you got your station stuff that you say? Oh, when yeah, I told I you that uh, you wrote down, you got it. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's get it, y'all. Have a let's have a great show, y'all. Let's do it. Yay! Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Just take your station breaks. So that's what you do, Chris. Like when you're doing the show, you just take like a station break every now and then. You know, like whoever. You know, want to say like thank you for calling the National Four Time Award winning POET Radio. This is uh, Vision, Sight, and Purpose. We're here each and every whatever and whatever Wednesday at seven o'clock. You know, you could say seven Central, uh, which would be eight yeah. Eastern, six Mountain, and five Pacific. Is you know that's what I was telling Brother Duncan to say. He wrote it down. So yeah, that's all. That's all you do. You do your station break. And then your callers, you just pay attention to your callers, and that's it. Have a smooth show. So it's seven o'clock, guys. Okay, I'm waiting. Do it. So say something. Uh-uh. Go ahead. You ready? Okay. This is this is the four-time national award-winning POET radio. This is Vision Sighting Purpose. Uh, speaking truth to power and developing ideas to change. We come on every first and third Wednesday of the month, 7 Central Time, 8 Eastern Time, 6 Mountain Time, and 5, uh, uh, what, five, and 5 p.m. Mountain Time. So our subject today is segregation and integration. What has it done with the unity or the division the economical ability, business ability, or whatever uh, matter that you might want to speak on concerning uh, the time that we was once forced to segregate and and create our own neighborhoods and our own power. A lot of people speak of the Tulsa, Oklahoma issue where we had to create our own community with all our own businesses and our own uh, economical uh, 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 circulation of currency that stayed in our uh, area of of community and turned over 34 times, as I heard, in the in inside of a day or a month. I'm not sure. I think it was a day, but now we don't even keep our ec- economic and monetary gain, our monetary circulation, not even in our neighborhoods for six minutes 
they say it goes straight out of our hand to other corporations, other powers, other ethnic businesses, and doesn't stay within our hand and support our own businesses and our own ability to create wealth. So that's just some of the issues or maybe one of the main issues that is spoken to about this. I have on my line my co-host, my son, Christopher Ellington, and he deals with a lot of economic issues and uh, has uh, a tax business and a credit repair business and have had several businesses where he struggled or somewhat prospered in. And due to his uh, insight on these issues, he has uh, things that he would like to speak according to his understanding and what has been affecting him as trying to develop and uh, bring uh, more uh, businesses into our community. We also have a Latanya. She's on the line, and she, as I've heard from my son, has tried to work, write a book about this issue. Uh, and uh, so she's on the line, and she's going to speak on this topic also. So, uh, so starting out, I'm going to start with Latanya to speak her experience on this issue about segregation and integration and how it's affected of our urban environment and the community of Black America, and even how it's affected the opinions and the outlook of other cultural groups and how they may uh, disrespect or may consider an injustice towards us because of our economic ability to be strengthened within our own community. Brother Duncan, thank you so much for having me. Um, um, I would like to speak on, um, you know, segregation and also desegregation in terms of education. Um, I have been, um, I'm from St. Louis, and in St. Louis, we have a desegregation program where our student, our black kids are bused from the city to the county schools. Um, there's many reasons why that's happened. Obviously, it's the point to desegregate um, for lots of lots of different reasons, and there's definitely pros and cons to that. Um, I've been speaking on desegregation um, since '97, and I even have a video blog um, on a YouTube channel um, and with my name, Latanya Davis, on it, and I talk about the experiences going through the desegregation program. Um, in this program, like I said, students are bused, uh, black students are bused to the county in St. Louis, and I've been, I've done it since, uh, since fourth grade, uh, which was a while ago, um, in the 80s, um, and, you know, it's, it was definitely a culture shock going out to the county, um, not experiencing something like that before, and, um, and there, there's pluses and minuses. Uh, some people think it's a great thing. Some people don't feel as positive about it. And I understand both sides. Um, and not only did I go to school in um, school, the, through the desegregation program, I actually taught as well as a teacher uh, in schools that have accepted desegregation students 
um, positive experiences I can talk about for the program, for the desegregation program, well, the facilities were so much better out in the county schools because of taxes and they, you know, so going to the schools from kindergarten to third grade, you know, we'd have old books. Um, the school buildings were, you know, dilapidated or old. Um, but when we went out to the county, that wasn't an issue. It was practically brand new buildings and brand new books. And, you know, you had more um, opportunities offered to us in the, in, when we were in county schools. Um, we, um, I mean, I had, I feel in that situation, I've had supportive teachers. I mean, a, a lot of them pushed me to go to college, which I ended up doing right after uh, high school. Um, discipline, I mean, you had to wake up early because of the bus rides, which could have been a negative as well, because students had to wake up really early to get to get onto their bus stop, to, to drive all the way out to the county, sometimes 30 minutes to an hour on a bus. Um, other negatives um, was um, racism that was encountered, because we were out in the county, uh, predominantly white schools. Um, and so that was definitely a negative that uh, we uh, students in the desegregation program had to experience. Um, a sense of belonging was kind of lost that way. Um, when, when you're not around people like you, you know, that's something students had to encounter. Um, and, you know, for myself personally, um, I feel for desegregation was a positive in my life because I was able to get the tools that I needed to go to the college. And I'm currently uh, actually work at a university, um, but I also um, am a college, uh, a doctoral candidate right now. Um, going to school to get my doctorate and if I would have I don't know if I would have stayed in the city school if I would have gotten the uh, support and um, the preparation in order to get me this far um, but um, you know segregation is um, you know a lot of people feel that you know we should have our own and uh, because of you know um, different forms of racism that cause systematic racism that causes us to stay to stay uh, at a point where you know to put the thumb on us where we are not able to progress or be better and um, I can see how people would feel that way regarding uh, desegregation so okay then so um, yeah now we have this is uh, the award-winning our national POET radio, business side and purpose, speaking truth to power. Now, uh, Latoya spoke on more or less the pros and cons of this segregation and integration, benefits in materials and, and environment, but then also a lack of a camaraderie with your own culture and your own people. And mm -hmm. it's like, which from what she expressed is it's a it's a, a division and an opportunity and it's a wanting to be where you could support your own but having to advance to go somewhere else to be able to advance more freely because of what is uh uh opportunity uh more more of a liberty given to us when we mix in with our uh, integration 
compared to when we are our own with segregation. So we have a caller on the line, caller 312-996-312-996. We'll uh, state your name and where you're calling from. I would like to comment on this issue. 312-996. Is you still on the line? Uh, oh, well, I guess they're not on they the may line. They may be now. muted. Oh, yeah. 316 uh 312-996. Unmute your line if your phone is muted so we can hear you. Okay, we'll we'll have to get back to that number. Okay, Christopher, what would you like to say about what was just spoken? Uh, thank you, um, Brother Duncan, that for um, this intro into the conversation. I also want to thank Latanya Davis for her input. And she shared some really valid points in regards to the desegregation program, the pros and the cons. Um, coming from someone who had, who grew up, who didn't, I, I wasn't offered that opportunity, but it seems like something cool to try. Um, um, I can't really um, share the experience, but I did feel um, limited when I uh, went to um, when I went to college and I, you know, had my first experience with different races and going to classroom with uh, multiple cultures, it was not necessarily a culture shock for me because I was um, of like 18, 19 uh, years old, but it was an experience, you know, to say the less. And um, I often thought, what it would be like had I had been introduced to uh, different cultures at a younger age. I went to Chicago public schools. I went to the same school um, from kindergarten to the eighth grade, which was a majority, uh, well, totally almost 100% um, black. And then we also had, um, when I went, I did go to what you call what she referenced as a county school, um, and here in Chicago we called them suburbs, and uh, a suburban school where there were a small amount of um, um, different cultures. Um, let's just say white, um, maybe less than ten percent, um, but it was a, a culture shock in itself, seeing that the economics um, of the school and how it was different from the, a lot different from the city school that I had uh, became accustomed to for uh, nine years. Going to the high school, it was, I had to adapt to a new culture just from the um, economical standpoint with the, the even although they were like white, um, I mean, not white, black, um, families, they were well-to-do black families. So when it came to um, 
like the new stuff and the new facilities, yeah, they were constantly building and improving the school. We had new books. Um, I remember one of the things that shocked me the most about the facility was we had carpet in the hallway. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's carpet. You know, I was kind of more used to the standard hard floors, hardwood or hard tile floors in the city. And um, another thing was, uh, as far as the facility goes, was the bell. Like, they played music for the bell to ring, which was not common in the city school. It was like, I call it like a say by the bell type of feel. It kind of made me feel like I was on a TV show because that was my closest relation to um, different cultures was through media, the media influence that I had uh, saw on TV. So, but um, as far as where I stand, um, I'm, I'm, I certainly, um, I think, I stand in the same position, similar position to Latanya as far as the, there are pros and cons. I like being able to, um, you know, the comfortability of staying in a, um, with people who look like me pretty much um, was, it was a comfortable feeling. I didn't have to have any experiences of, um, what do they call discrimination or uh, racism, injustice in that way. Um, but I also wasn't privy to, you know, introduce, being introduced or having friends of different cultures. So it was a downside on that point. Oh, okay. So uh, I would like you to go over the the uh, the bail situation. That kind of it's kind of skipped by my mind. What you say made it different with the bail situation with the mixed culture with the ten percent white people out there in the suburban schools? What was that you said? You mentioned on that. Oh, the bail. So I mean, like, it wasn't a traditional like bail. So, like, the school had uh, music. So, like, for, let's just say, for um, Black History Month, they would, instead of it ringing, like, the traditional ding for our classes to change over, because in high school you do a lot of uh, next period and teachers and changing, it would, you know, maybe have, like, Miles Davis or Duke Ellington, like a, you know, like a um, historian. Yeah, pleasant music to switch to class. So it didn't make you feel like, oh, you know, like, time to go to this next class. It kind of made, it changed the mood of the school to where, oh, okay, instead of you just walking out of your teacher's classroom mad or whatever, you might have heard a song that you like or that felt like had a certain harmony that um, shook off anything you were experiencing in the next classroom. So this is what it did for me, and it, it gave you a whole new mood for this new uh, the the next class that you are attending in your schedule. Oh, okay, okay, that's kind of different. I mean, that's a you know that was kind of like uh, making it like more not like a fire drill to go to the next class, and then it was a musical cultural uh, respect to uh, bring these. Uh, icons of music uh, 
and educate them really on, you know, because we have a history with music all through time, even from slavery. The thing that that comes to my mind to both of y'all to ask the question is uh, that um, do you feel that there is a educational divide depending on the mixed culture or integration with the education system when we're together with other cultures or segregated when we're in schools and urban neighborhoods where they know it's mostly black and maybe mainly might be white teachers or mainly black teachers teaching the same students with the same hardships or the lower mm-hmm. income class. And I've heard a lot of things about there's benefits more for schools based on the income because the taxes paid for the school situation so do you believe that there should be a a difference of understanding where people don't pay as much taxes or have as much property to pay in, which they so-called say the property tax is supposed to pay for the schools, to mm-hmm. kind of level out the playing field for mm-hmm. uh, the different class as well as the different races of our culture? And I'll leave that well, I can, open to okay. Uh, whoever or co-host want to speak first. Sure, I'll like uh, I'll speak on the education. Yeah, <laughs> I'll speak on the education <laughs> gap. Um, as a as an educator, I mean, I taught uh, in public school in St. Louis uh, County Schools for 15 years, um, and I got a chance as an educator, um, which was nice as a student going through the DSEG program and then working at a school that accepts desegregation students. I got a different perspective as a teacher because I was able to see the education gap that's there test score wise. And it's big. It is huge. And I was really shocked to see the huge difference in the education gap amongst white students, uh, Hispanic students, and our black students. And it's astonishing. And they were trying to find different ways to close that gap. And there's so many different ways. Um, I'm sorry? So, and then, um, yeah, so the the education divide, it's huge. And they've been trying to find ways uh, to fix that gap. Um, they still are finding lots of ways. And, you know, speaking of finances, uh, and like I mentioned earlier about the taxes and how, Um, in the county schools, you know, the taxes are higher. So they have a lot to offer. But not only that, so do the families. So they can offer money as well, which would help benefit the students that are out there. Um, Unfortunately, in in most cities or low economic uh, areas, they don't have that uh, luxury. And unfortunately, as a result of that, they don't have you know, the, the quality of things, items, um, um, materials that the kids will need. So there's a huge gap in that way. Um, and it's hard, you know, you do a fundraiser out in the county, you may make thousands of dollars, which I did at my school. We made 26000 in eight months for a fundraiser once. And in the mm-hmm. county, or in the city, however, um, 
it might be a little more challenging to try to make, you know, a certain amount of money to fundraise to help with, you know, offset costs of items that are, you know, offered at the, you know, schools in the city. So that that could be definitely a huge uh, gap education-wise, but also financially as well. Oh, okay. So uh, we have a caller, I believe, on the line, Black Ice. He's the one who's uh, inspired me and uh, had me come on, have this program on on POET um, Radio. And uh, if you're on the line and listening, Black Ice, you have a comment to say about what just spoken? Yeah, um, I totally agree with the sister um, about the divide. You know, there's a financial divide. Um, but there's also um, more into the into the divide, you know, in addition to the financial. Of course, you know, you take a school on the north side of Chicago versus the south side of Chicago, they actually spend more per student than they do um, on the south side of Chicago versus the north side of Chicago or some of even the suburban areas um, that are mostly populated white communities. Um, but in addition to that, you know, when you talk about just the educational process, black children learn different than white children learn. You remember the SATs when we didn't understand the damn thing that was on a test and it was talking about <laughs> boats and it was talking about other things that we could not relate to. Therefore, we performed poorly on a lot of the SAT tests. Um, it, it, and it's the same way. Uh, I think that history has to be taught a little bit different um, because historically we've been lied to in our schools and we've been given our history one month out of the year, but we've contributed so much to this world. We've contributed so much to science and mathematics and astrology that if we really knew the role we played in world history, then we would actually feel better about ourselves. We wouldn't look at another black person who looked, like us and hate the person because we actually hate ourselves. And that type of thing is perpetuated starting from the school years all the way up until you get to internet, radio, video, programming, and all of that. And I, I know that I encompassed a lot in my statement, but, you know, hopefully those who are aware and conscious of those things could follow the things that I spoke about. All right, then. So um, I have something to say about that on this award-winning PEOT radio vision site and purpose, speaking truth to power and developing ideas to change. I think this is a mixture of comments and ideas because we're talking about a problem, but we're also talking about situations that perpetuate the problem, uh, situations that may make uh, a solution to the problem at the same time. And the main thing that I will like to develop with this uh, radio show is as people come in and speak on different issues, is to get an understanding not to just philosophize or speak what they feel, but to put our minds together uh, to come up with ideas that will bring a more beneficial change and a positive move uh, to uh, change these uh, 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 dynamic uh uh, oppressions and separation and, uh, uh, you know, control of the powers and the classes that be. So 
The thing that I would like to say on what just Black Ice said is uh, with the with the the value of self in our education, in the miseducation, they even got a book written, The Miseducation of the Black Man, uh, by uh, uh, Carter D. Wilson, I think his name is. And the thing is, is that there's been a inferior ability that's been placed on us as a people with, at the same time, a richness of of talent that is always exposed to our struggle. So the thing I would like to bring up with that statement that just just been said is when we struggled the hardest, seeming like coming straight out of slavery with the Tulsa situation, we had doctors that just learned how to read, if I may understand that, or we had businesses and lawyers that just came from a, a situation where it was like less than 50 years out of slavery uh, that was lent for reading, but then they became doctors and lawyers. And then we naturally have our talent with music and athletics, and we had ownership with our own currency. So what do you think with the disappointment of that grave massacre that maybe we might could change since we got more of a world watch with the internet, with the cell phones, with the things that exposed that was hidden back then that we might could do now in this modern time. I'm gonna set uh my son haven't spoken but once I wanna see if my son got something to say about that, Christopher. Oh thank you uh for your point and also to Black Ice. It's a lot of points that he made that I uh, agree with. Um, as far as the question that you just stated, I would, my perspective on change is, I feel like awareness is very important, but there's also a certain limit to the amount of awareness that you bring in to a developing child or a developing person in the society opposed to a professional. Um, because there's a certain level of um, discouragement and encouragement that could be involved in that. Um, I think early on it's good to for children to know just from the kids that I raised um, to know what is against them as well as what's for them when it comes to the acceptance into a society. Um, I think that a lot of um, people should be aware of what things are and when, when it, in regards to what's public and what's private. Um, that's the acceptance into a public society opposed to like a private life. Um, like you said, oh, we just became doctors. No, it was like you said, it's doc. It was doctors all of, all along. It's just that they couldn't receive certain public certifications or licenses um, that um, weren't available to them due to their class or the color of their skin or whatever had it been, and that is the struggle. Um, when, But as far as their level of knowledge or expertise, it could surpass another uh, certified or uh, licensed 
public doctor, even though they don't haven't uh, or couldn't obtain those same licenses. And then another point to go back to, um, as far as the education and the um, and uh, when it comes to the scores and the funding, that's something that I was growing up in the Chicago public school. That was something that was very important to my teachers. They was like, hey, you know, get, don't, you know, play around with this standardized test, which was, um, as I agree with Black Eyes, was um, a bias or, you know, it had a certain mm-hmm. discrimination just in the test in general. Um mm-hmm. It was a real push or importance for the funding of the school that's based off these tests, which I feel that's unfair in general because um, they don't customize or tailor them to the learning or the way that or the learnings of the culture that they're tested in on. That's why it's all standardized. So to whose standard um, are you grading this or putting this test scores on? Um, so yeah, that, um, that's my position on that. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm going to put a station identification in again, and we at the half hour mark of this show. So again, this is the fourth time national award-winning PEOT radio vision site and purpose speaking truth to power coming on every first and third Wednesday of the month and developing ideas to change. So. Latoya, what do you have to say about this, uh, how would I put it, uh, this cultural or inferior kind of like uh, uh, this inferior uh, mindset, I'll put it that way, that is placed on us far as not knowing our true history, our abilities, our richness of value of self, uh, mm-hmm. along with other things you might want to expand on that you spoke to earlier. Yeah, um, that's a very great question because I've been struggling with that uh, since last year, unfortunately, when the situation with George Floyd occurred. Um, I realized at that time there was so much about my history that I did not know. And, you know, I have a master's degree and I'm going back to school, but I felt dumb about my own history. And there's nothing more frustrating than that, knowing that there was so much that I didn't know about. And you mentioned um, a little bit of information about, you know, what happened in Tulsa. I didn't know about that. Juneteenth, I did not know about that till what happened uh, a year ago, over a year ago. Um, and knowing that all of these amazing things that black people did uh, that I didn't know about, it, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. Um, and the inferiority was caused because of that. You know, uh, seeing some of these movies about people that have done great black women and black men that have done amazing things that I had no idea about growing up, it's kind of frustrating, you know, and I just started opening up books um, during the lockdown and, you know, to learn about my own history because I wasn't taught it. And um, I'm actually um, 
I went to a school in St. Louis County, which unfortunately got national news for the wrong reasons um, regarding critical race theory, which I don't believe is a theory. It's the truth. Um, and they, CNN went to one of their parent meetings where a lot of the parents, unfortunately, some of them were classmates, um, complained about critical race theory and how it needs to be out of the schools. And um, I witnessed my own high school or parents of students at my own high school that I went to um, talk about how they want it out and are not taught to our students because it made their kids feel as if they were victims. And the thing that the question that I ask about that, because you're, you're telling kids not to know about their own history, like I myself don't know a lot. Um, and to, to tell a school not to teach the truth without actually knowing it, it's, it's kind of sad, you know, and you want to ask the question, why are people not wanting this, the truth to be told? That's a big question. Instead of fighting it, how about learning it yourself, which w when you get people that argue about it, um, they obviously don't care. They just don't want it uh, taught um, from what I've seen. Um, so with that, with people fighting, from students learning about their own history even more than what we the less that we already know um it's kind of kind of sad to see that it's come to that um but it only causes more culture inferiority that was mentioned earlier and less value of self however i noticed that kids are becoming more smart they are opening books they are going on the internet even on TikTok, there's information about, um, you know, black history. And they want to know why. Why are people fighting critical race? Because, and kids are becoming smarter and learning that the truth about our history, which is a beautiful thing to see, uh, instead of just, you know, this person says, hey, you shouldn't learn this, and then they just don't. It, makes, it honestly makes people want to know more it opens up their minds and they, they're more curious about it. And so hopefully good can come from that. Um, but for myself, not feeling that I don't know much about my own history causes me to want to be curious and open up some books and do some research myself and learn about my own history, which is pretty awesome. And I want to continue to do that. So thank you for that question. That's a good one. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you mentioned because uh, uh, I just recently uh, ran across this uh, young young lady who was bringing out, I believe it's a book called Critical Race Theory, and these white people uh, not just use it as a pawn of racism, but uh, as their emotional distress of mm -hmm. thinking that this information will bring a complex the youth or uh, the white youth that's coming up to figure that they would mm -hmm. take it as a blame for the divide mm -hmm. in America. I think mm -hmm. a lot of things are misunderstood when it comes to children because mm -hmm. even the Bible says a child should lead them. It's the innocence in a child and a natural humane 
love and and um and understanding of human uh compassion and empathy and even just to embrace one another with a child compared to this uh structured uh environmental learning and in prejudice and inferior complexes and judgment of one person mm-hmm. against another, whether it's culture, whether it's gender, whether it's a uh, choice of lifestyle. Because the thing is, if you notice a child, white or black, when they approach these others to play, they don't even see color. They see mm-hmm. the, 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 the natural reach out to, hey, you're like me. You're the same as me. Let's share this environment together and enjoy ourselves. And and that's kind of like the innocence of I feel love in 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 a really the, the 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 true conscious emotion that we're born into, even though we have this preponderance to error and we're born in conceived and sin as we look in a spiritual situation. But uh, back to what I was saying in in the beginning of this conversation, uh, responding to what you just said. It's, it's a fear factor of truth. Mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. that as we, as we go forth to heal this land and heal our divide, we don't realize us that has remained in control of struck in our traditions that don't see how the, how the future needs to be changed are fearful of things that is actually getting to the medicine of healing our hearts and our minds to change towards other people. Because this Mm -hmm. critical race theory is to show not prejudice to the white people or blame to the new generations that come on that I feel, this is the way I feel, is to show that, hey, this divide of culture and justice and laws and oppression it's something that the new generation needs to understand so we could embrace mm-hmm. the new change mm-hmm. between the different cultures so the humanity could cause us to rise up out of the pit that this country, yeah. so-called democracy, has had a divide since the foundation in which it was created. So we can so, learn um, and grow and move on, right? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, that's where it says love conquers all things. If we don't come from a center of love or I care about your hurt and your pain, then mm-hmm. you can't get healed. So yeah. if, if Black Ice is still on the line, what you have to say about that, Black Ice? Still on the line? Well, until he get on the line, I can respond. Okay. Yeah, so that was a good point. Um, I feel like every like the the term sweeping under the rug is real, and it's a good analogy for a lot of um, things that go on in, like, history. The reason why Tulsa, Oklahoma, Juneteenth, um, these historic events, they all were swept under the rug, you know, and then what happens is when you sweep stuff under the rug, it builds up this hump. And you try to cross the rug and you trip and you may fall. And for instance, that's what happened 
in the case of George Floyd, you know, and what Latanya brought up. It was these these things, these these um uh, events and these occurrences. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, so Chris. the um occurrence it was a lot of occurrences, uh history and um real traumatic and also um also life changing events like good and bad that was swept under the rug from African American or black history and um when you do that it builds up and um people are now like you said with George Floyd they're tripping over this rug that all of this stuff is piled up under and they falling on their face and they realizing why and then that goes ties back into this critical race theory i feel like my position on it is okay now that we see that people are tripping and falling over this rug let's not clean up under it let's keep it let's try to bury or take the ground that it's on and just kind of like bury it underneath to make it flatten out instead of just lifting mm-hmm. up the rug and cleaning it out or exterminating the existence yeah. or at least giving a effort towards you know trying to make a change and say hey we wrong we, we were we were wrong and um a lot of our practices were not good practices so let's make it right together let's do it together we don't have to feel yeah. um the shame a lot of stuff i feel like is shame like oh i don't want them to my children to feel shamed to be mm-hmm. uh privileged or you know all the terms that they use yeah Yo, we don't want you to feel shame, but we do want you to work together to build a better tomorrow for all of our children to live in together. And if we stay on that point together, then we can rise. Then you'll see improvement. Then you'll see a united front instead of mm-hmm. a divided country and a war on two fronts. Like it was a song that I learned at Black History Month of, of the soldiers coming home from of the Vietnam War, and he said they had a war on two fronts. They went to fight for the country, but then they also came home to a country where they had to fight, you know, during the Civil Rights Movement and Martin Luther King, where they weren't accepted then. So imagine the mental anguish that comes along with that. What am I fighting for? I'm coming to fight for America that I'm not even accepted in. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't born back then, but I still feel like that exists today um, mm-hmm. due to all the experiences that I've had, you know, um, even in my own community, I feel like the division just keeps dividing um, and people, I fight, you know, um, I teach financial literacy and I want to build up the community, but the same community that I'm building up in is fighting each other or fighting me or you know, it's kind of like when are we, unity creates a power, and that power is what's needed for us to advance um, mm-hmm. in this society. Yes, I mean, that's a great thing that you mentioned about the Vietnam War because um, I've been, you know, trying to learn more and search as I have this uh, 
uh, this uh, talk show, and I want it to grow and expand, and I want more people to participate and call in. But during the Vietnam War, the 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 main thing that was out there, and I was just a young kid then, but the main thing was out there that I witnessed with uh, veterans that went for a truck term and came back and everything is they always reported the Vietnamese used to say to the black people, "What are you doing over here? This is not your war," and we mm-hmm. and we uh, we have to understand that this oppression of profit of race and class has even got to the point where as war is a profit for those who control and don't risk their lives or don't lose family members and don't uh, face the detriment of uh, thousands, possibly millions of lives and bloodshed being uh, uh, shed for the profit of a few, especially in this capitalist American society that was Basically, even the Europeans, if you look at biblical history and uh, through time, is uh, based on take and overcome and steal and 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 and, and uh, uh, oppress and 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 uh, and, and, and uh, bring a, a pressure of inability to use your own ability and resources to flourish. Uh, and the thing is, is uh, what's hidden in our history as black people, our black Americans, or even the uh, melodated uh, African culture of melodated people is that throughout thousands of years of history, we were so enriched with great and rich lands that when these uh, Europeans, or even not even just specifically Europeans, visited our land, we were willing to share our resources. We're willing to resell our our knowledge. We're willing to resell our ability to other cultures and and, and welcome the stranger into our land. And it was through this uh, Roman, Viking, barbaric uh, culture of violence that was pressed upon us that is still existing in that Roman culture today is pressed upon us as a loss of history time and uh, uh, understanding of ourselves where we are now inherited with that same inheritance of violence within each other. You know, this is just my theory and opinion, but it's a violence within each other because we've been so traumatized and, and, and so uh, uh taking of our hope of rising up when we see the oppression of our neighborhood and our rising up together within ourselves. Now it's like if I got to have mine and and regardless of what you have, and so that brings a division. Mm -hmm. So even when one of us prospers as an individual or a person of our culture, we seem to have disrespect or a jealousy or envy toward each other rising up where we would tear down our own neighborhoods, fight against the success of our own black brother having a business. And that is 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 a, a, a present time that we have a mindset that we're living in, but mainly we don't understand that it was put upon put upon us through those who oppressed us in the first place, this savagery, this lynching, this slavery 
this division of opportunity, this marginalized uh, 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 neighborhoods where we couldn't move or get loans or get banks to move and, and live in our own communities or develop businesses. And then when we got to a place where the civil rights movement opened an opportunity for us to have set success, we fleed from each other instead of God gathering together with each other to be more powerful within our own community. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, you know, that's very, you know, interesting in that. So uh, it's open for anybody who wants to make any more comments on this discussion. Oh, yeah. Can we get uh, is the caller that called in 312-996. Is you still able to call in? Do you have a comment? The the person, the 312-996? Still ain't, we lost that one. So uh, Christopher, Black Ice, and Latoya, whoever wishes to speak. Hello. Yeah, I'm yeah. here. Yeah, I, I, the conversation's good. Yeah, I really enjoy um, the different perspectives that have been brought up. Um, these are definitely things to focus on and pay attention to and be aware of. Um, and this is good conversation, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Okay. I feel like conversations like these are the ones need to be had. You know, in order. For us to um, kind of be open and acceptance, because sometimes we may scoff at people like you know, it's a lot of historians um, that may not even be in our uh, particular uh, race category that know more about you know our history than us, you know, due to our miseducation or lack of, um, mm-hmm. and um, when we have these type of discussions, it makes us more open and uh, it draws our ear closer to hearing and listening and actually putting forth the practices, new practices to make uh, systematic um, or life changes for the future, mm-hmm. you know, because every day is one step. It's, uh, I feel like a lot of us get buried into, because I, I mean, I've been part of it for quite a while, like the Black Lives Matter movement. I did a lot of protests and things like that. Went off different places all over the country, mostly on the East Coast. And um, it gets tiresome. You know, you get burnt out, just like with everything else, when you don't really see things moving um, due to, uh, I mean, I'll just be vulnerable and, uh, say, like, the whole George Floyd situation, when it first happened, I was like, I didn't really even want to hear it, because I saw so many um, officers and uh, basically, for lack of a better term, Caucasian people get away with all of these injustices. I just knew, like, I didn't have any hope left at that point to saying, hey, well, this guy... He did this, and it was exposed, but it that actually was a catalyst, a catalystic event um, that made change. 
brought a lot of mm-hmm. people um, aware and to different, not only um, all Americans, um, to aware to what's going on. And um, it built the people back up like me who have been, you know, fighting on seemingly losing these fights, you know, um, all the years prior. Like, I think I started back with the Mike Brown uh, situation that happened in St. Louis. And it was encouraging to see um, when the, well, this past, what, two months ago when the verdict came back and he actually was uh, found guilty on all the charges. Because, you know, just... um, it was a whole lot of more straight, like, uh, evident, um, like, very evident uh, cases similar to that, that no justice was found and no justice was received, you know, mm-hmm. that happened way and long before that. But due to the um, awareness and the technology and uh, all the information systems, I kind of felt like, um, and also the political environment that was surrounding it with the Trump administration, a lot of um, people um, were, um, they had to, it was, they were under a lot of pressure to bring real adequate justice because the systems, I mean, it was, they were, I mean, it, it just brought hope and it was a lot of pressure uh, and it actually did, you know, make a progressive movement more so than any other instance before then. But all of them are needed, um, and it just encourages me to keep pushing and keep going, regardless if it's seemingly however many times you fall, just keep um, going towards the right cause. Okay, Latanya, you got something, a comment to make? Um, I agree. I mean, I agree with what he said. I mean, the with um, situations that occurred with, you know, police officers and the verdict and everything. Um, it all makes it's an it's all an educational uh, situation where, like we talked about, you know, it's it's if you don't learn from your history, it repeats itself. And it seems like that's the case. So when people are trying to erase it. It just seems like it's starting all over again. Um, but it's all about education and awareness. And like you mentioned earlier, it's, it got to, has to start with love in order for us to grow and learn in these situations. So, Okay, so uh, we got a few minutes left on this show, so I'll make a statement. Uh, it's very enriching, the uh, comments that was made, and I appreciate uh, my son um, and uh, Latoya is my co-host here. Uh, I don't know how many people might have been listening. I hope more people is listening, even if they uh, just listened and didn't make a comment. Uh, the call that came in, uh, 312-996, I think that might have been my daughter, Joy. I don't know if we she was listening or, or you know, we... Uh, she just didn't get in on the land or whatever. But like I say, this program is speaking truth to power to develop ideas for change. And what I see from you two co-hosts in Black Eyed Peas, a cultural artist, and he does positive poetry and he's also a spiritual guy. Uh, 
and I uh, come up with um, for God has given me this idea of four teams of people in the four systems of the world. And the thing I feel is awareness as well as environmental change with a power to put wisdom and knowledge to action makes the change. Uh, mm-hmm. Anytime you have a knowledge or awareness of something and uh, a wisdom, but if you don't take action and use it, it's like a doctor that knows how to heal, but he won't he, he won't serve a patient. An auto mechanic who knows how to fix a car, but he won't fix no cars. We have to take this together and realize our power because our ideas and our mind, as well as drawing our resources together, bring exchange to our environment. And the thing that I always try to stress to my kids because of the influence of negative music and those who are corporate powers that uh, promote this and bring an idealistic richness to it that demeans the true character of who we are, whereas in the time that I grew up through the musical age, it was musical that actually uh, centered pride in our culture. And uh, I believe with the Internet and with the information age that we live in, if we disseminate the positive out of the distractions of darkness and negative information, and we use this power and bring our resources together and find people who are willing to give parts of their life and their abundance of life for a cause that will outlive themselves, we could change our environment a little bit at a time. I believe because of the hopeless things that happen in our neighborhoods and stuff like that, we could change it by ownership, just bringing, having our own bank, owning our own property, creating our own security and police force that we say we do not tolerate violence or injustice of any kind, of any kind in this information, in this neighborhood. And the only way we could do that is bring our political uh, 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 controllers and policymakers to understand we're serious about this and we're not going to move back. Our spiritual and cultural people to understand we're not we're not tolerating churches and cultural things that is oppressive and negative uh, that we're going to support. So these these entities that support this negative stuff will lose their value by us standing on a a more loving and encouraging spiritual, cultural, or environment. Our educational taking ownership of it to realize the richness of the truth of true education and bringing that economical power by our resources coming together and creating people who are serious to live not beyond what they just have for themselves, but what they can share with others, then we could change our environment in the world around us. So in closing, I love y'all. I want y'all to come on again. I appreciate you, Latonya. I uh, hope you come on our show again. I believe you said you enjoy it, so I believe to see you and hear you again. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me, and I appreciate the opportunity. All right. I'm going to say a short prayer in the ending of this show. Lord, we just give you thanks and we give you the honor, oh God, as the creator of all things, that you would give us the creative ability and ideas to use that which we come together to speak on in your truth, to develop the ideas that will be led by your spirit to walk us in the light of your dominion and power, 
to expel the darkness of the world we live in. In Jesus' name, in Yahshua's name, amen. Thank y'all. Amen. amen. Thank you, guys. God bless. God All right, bless. thank you. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 